Hey, Daniel. Welcome back to my podcast. Hello again, sir. And hello to all of you people out there in the wide world of the internet. How's it going? It's going all right. I decided to bring you back on to my podcast today to talk about the new Borderlands games that is coming out. What are your thoughts on that, sir? Ooh, I'm chomping at the bit. As all of y'all know, probably, I'm, I love me some first-person shooters, and I love them with a little comedy. And let me tell you, the Borderlands series is one of the best if you like a little funny with your shooting. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. There's supposed to be uh, more loot than ever before. There's going to be a whole new set of planets that you can explore different uh, jungles, cityscapes, and all this other stuff. And it looks very, very promising. <clears throat> wow, that sounds interesting. And for those of you who have played the Borderlands series before, I'm sure that you're familiar with being you know, being a first-person shooter. And, but the planet that you were on was Pandora. <clears throat> we never went to any other planets until... The Borderlands pre-sequel, am I right, Daniel? Yes, that's right. You go to the moon in the pre-sequel. <clears throat> the moon uh, circling Pandora. And there's an entirely different new mechanic on the moon. You actually have to watch out for how much oxygen you have left. If you run out of oxygen, you slowly begin to lose health. And you can actually have your oxygen bubble broken if your enemy shoots you in the head too many times. So it adds a whole new degree of difficulty and it's actually quite a bit more fun that way. If you ask me. Oh, like maybe we can look forward to seeing this same mechanic on Borderlands three, perhaps. Possibly. I mean, if you are going to different planets, there's, there's no telling if they've all been terraformed for human uh, for human sustenance, so you might see a similar mechanic in this new one. Cool. <clears throat> what Excuse do you me. think about the Borland series in general? That's this is a series we haven't talked about too much. So, what did you, what do you think about the the first Borlands and the second Borlands? What do you think about those games in general? What do you think could have been done different? What do you think was done great? And what do you think could have improved upon? Well, the Borderlands series, just like the uh, first Fallout series, was actually supposed to be a Mad Max the video game. Unfortunately, uh, 2K could not buy... They couldn't buy the um, rights from Warner Brothers, so instead they made an entirely different new game. And that in itself was uh, a pretty cool concept to me. Um, <clears throat> what I didn't like about the first one was all of your enemies were basically the exact same thing. They were all bandits. You know, anything in a post-apocalyptic universe or in a medieval society... Anyone who's not living in a major settlement is automatically a bandit, and they're trying to either kill, rob, or eat you, or a unique combination of any of the three. So the enemies did get boring after a while. 
some of the DLCs uh, saw some differences in the different types of enemies you ran across, like in uh, the Crap Trap Revolution. <clears throat> I think there could have been more enemy variety in, in the game. Also, the ending the ending was not satisfying at all. You fight this huge boss at the very end, and then you go back to Patricia Tannis, and, well, you don't get a big story ending. You don't get a legendary weapon. All you get is more money and some XP, and, well, I felt kind of cheated. Yeah. This, the second one really fleshed out the story and really made all the characters come to life. You know, you're just not, you're not just playing uh, some random vault hunter. All the vault hunters actually had some personality like uh, Gage and I can't, I can't think if it was either Gage or Craig that was my personal favorite. But <clears throat> they all had uh, a lot of different personality and a lot of uh, new skills to take and they also weren't uh, <clears throat> what is that word I'm looking for? Um, they weren't tailored to specific weapon types like the Vault Hunters were in the first game. You could use any uh, collection of weapons that you wanted so it greatly increased the uh, variety and the replayability of the games and I really love that uh, the second one I think was flawless the The pre-sequel was even funnier because it had so many pop culture references and of course that extra degree of difficulty I still haven't gotten the platinum on it yet. I need to go back and play it again. See if I can do that. <clears throat> but what you said. Oh, oh go ahead. <clears throat> I I was just gonna say, all in all, I've been pretty satisfied with the Borderlands series up until now. Okay. Uh I was gonna say, I think Craig was your favorite character in Borderlands 2. I think mm -hmm. Craig was. But uh, I think you like Gage also. I want to give our viewers, though, a little bit of background on the Borderlands series and what it's all about. Like we've both said before, the Borderlands series is a first-person shooter game that has a lot of comedy in it. Think Saints Row, more or less. And... <laughs> yes. And the first... Borderland, in the first Borderlands series, there is like, you had like one, two, three, four, I think four different Vault Hunters, if I'm not mistaken, possibly five, but I want to say there's four, and you're, um, the four of you are put on this planet by... Marcus and Marcus is like it's a brand new day out there full of opportunity so he's like go explore this place and see what you can find and so you get off this bus and you're told to find this little robot named Claptrap and Claptrap's like I'm over here, and then he's then he almost gets killed by bandits. You have to try to defend them and bring him back to life. 
And basically, to make a long story short, you are trying to find the keys to this ancient vault, which is supposed to have perhaps some ancient treasure. Perhaps some ancient treasure. And what you find... Well, go ahead and answer. <laughs> I'll let you uh, finish up, Dan. What do you find? <laughs> when you finally open up the vault, it's like a bad hentai. It's full of tentacles and disappointment. It's this big tentacly monster that has one eye and a lot of teeth. And it's a... If you can figure out where all the uh, blind spots are, it's pretty easy to beat. And like I said, the first one was, the first Borderlands was just a huge disappointment because of the ending. I didn't like it at all. Right. But there was some good, um, there was some good, I think, that did come out of the first Borderlands. Like, you, each character had a unique property that was, it, it was their action skill, and it was unique to them. Like, the soldier had like a little mini turret that mm-hmm. he'd pop up, and it would just he, you could just spray bullets at enemies while having an extra gun yourself. It's like it's like you were having two or three guns out on the field. Exactly. Most people did choose a soldier. The second one. Was the um, I think Berserker? Hmm? The oh, Berserker. Have, okay, we can get the Berserker. the The other one was the Berserker, who when he got <coughs> break and when he got so mad, he could just pound the living daylights out of his enemies, be they human or animal. The third was the hunter, whose name was Mordecai. And Mordecai had a special pet. I mean, a, a, a special pet, blood named Bloodwing, who helped him find his sniping targets from like long ways away. Mordecai was like the best you could get for snipers. And then you had the oh, the siren, the siren, mm-hmm. and the siren was like you could go invisible for a brief time with the siren's abilities. And in the Borderlands game, if you do if in the first Borderlands game, there is a unique little side quest in the Doll Headlands where you are instructed to take on these bosses, Mo and Marty. And what they are, are twin alpha skags. And <coughs> do you remember that battle dangle? <laughs> that, those optional bosses? Yeah, that that's one optional boss that comes to mind. <laughs> Many others. <coughs> I'll let you uh, continue and explain what it all was about. Okay. Once you kill Mo and Marty, 
the guy who wants you the guy who wants you to kill them says, Okay, now that you've killed them, I'm gonna take credit for them and I'm going to this place called Sanctuary. And that's the first reference you hear about this city called Sanctuary. And you hear about it again. When you hear about Sanctuary again, Daniel, remember when they had closed up? Remember when the the um, when Atlas closed off the road to Sanctuary? Oh, yes. I hated that. The uh, Atlas Corporation is one of the many companies that has been using Pandora as like a mining triple backslash penal colony. And they've turned the entire planet into an industrial wasteland. And they know that the uh, vault key is somewhere on Pandora. So they're doing their very best to slow you down and keep you from reaching it. And so they can get more time to find it themselves. And once they close off the road there, it just turns into a long grind as you have to find another way around. You've, uh, I can't remember everywhere you go, but it is a huge mess trying to get there. And <coughs> sanctuary isn't exactly what I would call a, a sprawling metropolis. When you finally get there, it's, it's basically a shanty town built on top of a, garbage heap is the best way to describe yep. it yes it's a scrapyard city but it has all the uh, accommodations that you need you have lots more quest givers you have a gunsmith there's uh places you can get more information about the vault etc 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 and you find all this you, you don't actually get to go to sanctuary until the second borderlands but in the second, and there was an interesting twist that the first Borderlands had when they're, that there's like two interesting twists the first Borderlands had its DLCs. And one was this Atlas Corporation general. His name is General Knotts, and he had like this big old formidable suit that had a glaring weakness. There was no cover on his helmet whatsoever. I mean, you could snipe at his head and be a perfect target. I mean, his head was a perfect target. <clears throat> yeah, you wouldn't have thought that a general would make that kind of a strategic error, but he did. And he, and it was said that he actually was, he built his armor like that, specifically hoping that I mean, he, he couldn't stand the Atlas commander at the time, so that's why he built it like that. He's hoping that he would die in battle. And surprisingly, the people of Pandora never figured out the weak spot. <laughs> it's just like, huh? Anyway, the second uh, DLC... Your old family claptrap is turned against you by a Hyperion. And guess what? Hyperion is now your main enemy in Borderlands 2. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but with all the trouble you went through, at least you finally got to blow up that annoying little robot. Or at least you thought you did. He survives, though, unfortunately. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and he even becomes a vault hunter in the pre-sequel. <clears throat> the pre-sequel that we've been talking about. Basically, you find out the story of Handsome... Um, Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack. That's why I thought his name was. I uh, wasn't sure. I wanted to call him Handsome Dan for a minute. That's Handsome Jack. And Handsome Jack decides to take over. He 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 wants to take over Pandora for himself. And he wants to make it into a regular planet like Earth. And he doesn't care what or who he has to push out of the way to do so. And Borderlands 2 really goes into more detail about Handsome Jack and his plot. <clears throat> and the original, in Borderlands 2, you have a completely different set of Vault Hunters. Completely different set. There's a new soldier, but he doesn't have the turret that that the first soldier had. It's a different one. It's a different ability. And the Berserker is no longer there. Instead, you have a Gunzerker who can dual-wield weapons. The Siren is no longer there, but you have someone who can phase-lock people, much like the Siren did. And you also have a new character, no, some new characters, an assassin who could go invisible for a while, just like the old siren for a little bit. And you also have a, you also have Gage, who is a macromancer, and Krieg, who is a bandit turned good. And dang on, I'm going to let you go into some detail on Gage and Krieg. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm I'm just getting over a cold, so I'm sorry for all the hacking and coughing. No problem. But anyway, as my friend was talking about, all right, the first thing you need to know about the Vault Hunters, along with everyone else on Pandora, every last one of them are completely and utterly insane. They're all crazy and they're all broken in some unique way or manner. Yes. Gage's background is she's a high school student who has a thing for robotics. Hello? Hey. Okay. Welcome back. Technical difficulties have struck. I'm sorry, folks. 
did not mean to cut off that interview with my friend Daniel so quick. But like we were saying before, we had our difficulties, uh, our, diff- our technical difficulties. Gay, a lot of fault hearts are indeed <coughs> crazy. Brick definitely being one for the first one, and even the others are crazy well. But Gage has, she's a successful high schooler with a robot, and I'll let you take it from there, Daniel. All right. As I was saying before I was cut off again, <clears throat> Gage was a high school student who had a thing for robotics. And she created a robot conveniently named Death Trap for her high school science fair. But unfortunately, the robot kind of, sort of, and definitely killed one of her rivals. And she was forced to flee because the uh, intergalactic police were going to arrest her. So she leaves her home planet and she winds up on Pandora after stowing away on a cargo freighter and she's like well i gotta find work somehow if i want to survive so she threw in her lot with the vault hunters and craig there's not much known about him it's apparent he's a psycho which is one of the subclasses of uh bandits that you find on pandora Uh, Some people think that he might be one of Handsome Jack's earlier experiments with Iridium, but uh, his his unique uh, ability is he goes berserk, and he's able to throw his his melee weapon, which is a big buzzsaw axe. And there are different ways you can trip out these specific skills at each of the Vault hunters have like uh, Gage. You can give Death Trap a a laser eye. You can fit him with a shield generator to recharge your shield. Craig, you can turn him into a mutated monstrosity when he goes berserk, giving him a great deal more increased strength and uh, damage capability when he throws his axe. Axton, you can get a second gun on your turret, even make it stick to walls and ceilings to get a better vantage point of your opponents. There's just all sorts of different ways you can play the characters, and that gives a lot of replayability. I think yeah. I got like seven characters total just on Borderlands 2. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are some of the DLCs for... For Borderlands 2, we talked about some for the first Borderlands, but some of the better ones for Borderlands 2, in your opinion. One of them is uh, Captain Scarlet's uh, Pirate Booty, which is basically a pirate-themed DLC. You (laughs) go to this little uh, vacation resort, I guess you could say, and you're trying to capture this great lost treasure that was left behind, and most of the enemies there are pretty pirate trophy. Trophy. They got uh, eye patches and hook hands, and there's a lot of uh, sea monsters, which are comical because the whole place is nothing but sand. Right. <laughs> and let's see. Um, 
Uh, there, there was <clears throat> my personal favorite, which is Sir Hammerlock's Big Game Hunt. Remember that one? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, uh, you're invited onto this uh, big uh, hunting party by one of my favorite um, NPCs named Sir Hammerlock. Explore, gentlemen, adventurer. And anyway, <laughs> your, your uh, hunting trip gets derailed by this Hyperion goon who basically worship Handsome Jack like a god and is trying to get his revenge on you for killing Handsome Jackface by spoiling your fun and sending all the local tribesmen to kill you. And uh, the... <sighs> The boss battle at the end was kind of funny and kind of pathetic all at the same time because what happens is the the final boss, he starts gloating and laughing and then as he's saying how he's he can never be defeated, he trips and falls and he breaks his neck on the stairs and bam, he's dead. <laughs> kind of anticlimactic, but hey, I'll take it. A win's oh, a yeah. win, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, most definitely. <clears throat> so, one thing that I've heard about, though, is that the Borderlands, I've heard this from a friend, another friend at work, and he said the Borderlands pre-sequel was made by a outside company. Have you ever heard about this before? I know there's one Borderlands that's made by Telltale, but this is the first I've heard about Borland's Pre-Sequel being made by another company. No, I didn't know that. Hmm. I did not know that at all. Me neither. Huh. Not until I talked to my not until I talked to my friend. I'm going to have to have him on here one, one day so we can actually go into more detail about this. But there has been, in addition to the three, I call the three Cannon Borlands, I guess it's more like two now in the light of the Borland Food sequel possibly made by an outside company. But the three, I'm going to call them the three, three Cannon Borlands, Borlands 1, Borlands Food sequel and Borlands 2. There's also Borlands made by Telltale Games. Have you ever played that game, Daniel? The Borderlands by Telltale? I've seen a playthrough of it, but I've never played it myself. <clears throat> uh, I'm looking at the uh, pre-sequel official site, and it says that, yeah, it was made by 2K Australia, not uh, 2K Austin. Okay, but so it seems like it was just a different a different studio, perhaps, than the Gearbox Studios. Yeah, and it was kind of a joke. Everybody on Pandora talked like a Texican, and <clears throat> everyone on Pandora's moon, uh, they talked like an Australian. So I guess that was the guest of it. <clears throat> <laughs> but yeah, the... Um, the uh, Tales from the Borderlands was all about a a series of uh, 
Hyperion executives. They were all trying to stab each other in the back and get to the top of the food chain. And one of the one of the main characters uh, in it named Reese. Reese has a mechanical arm and a mechanical eye. And the first half of the game uh, follows him running around and uh, trying to find a new vault key. Now, at the end of Tales from the Borderlands, you don't know what happens to the vault hunters, but I did see the Borderlands 3 trailer, and Reese is very much alive. He's apparently going to help you at some point along the way. At the end of... Also at the end of uh, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, Reese uh, picks up a he picks up a certificate from Handsome Jack's personal office in the Hyperion uh, Lunar Moon Base, <clears throat> and he becomes the new head of the Atlas Corporation, your secondary tormentors in the first uh, Borderlands game, and. He now owns the company, and apparently Zero, the the uh, sniper-esque character from Borderlands 2, is now his bodyguard. So uh, that looks pretty interesting. I can't wait to see how that comes into play. And I think one of the new Vault Hunters is Reese's old bodyguard, a, a heavily modified uh, loader bot a Hyperion robot that, that was basically a freight-loading robot, but has also been uh, enhanced for military purposes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we'll have to see how that pans out. <clears throat> uh, point of clarification, the load... Damn it, stop it! Hello, I'm back. This time I got cut off. <laughs> Ang- Thank you for your patience, people. Anchor's going through some technical difficulties right now, and, and I, I apologize, and I thank you for your patience and staying with us. But anyway, I'm going to wrap things up. Basically, Hyperion created a whole bunch of bots and utilized like old freight loaning bots to attack you in Borderlands 2. Thank you very much, Dan, for, for being on my podcast today, and thank you for all your patience with all the technical difficulties. Um, they, are def- they were definitely annoying. Thank you for coming back and being a guest of my show. Also, speaking of my friend Daniel, I believe he has a new podcast himself. 
I'll let you introduce it. And what's it? What is it called? What's it about? It's called the Conserva Nerd Podcast. I go over all co- <clears throat> all uh, sorts of different things that are going along in nerd culture right now, like video games, movies, comic books, things like that, and. I'll also be talking about uh, some politics and how the politics has, is a affecting nerd culture as we have it. And I'll just, uh, you never know what I'll be talking about. Just listen in and you might find something you like. <clears throat> all right. That's all. Well, we'll have to definitely do that. And thank you once again, Dan, for being guest on my show. No problem. Oh, see you again. Uh, Bye bye. Bye bye. And bye bye to you out there.